Hey guys, Naughty here. First wanted to make an announcement. Yes, I am aware that Apple Podcasts has somehow removed the Naughty Audio for Men podcast. I'm not exactly sure why, but I am definitely looking into the matter. But until it's resolved, you can still listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms, such as Spotify and Google Podcasts. Or you could listen at NaughtyAudioForMen.com slash Simplecast. But I will definitely let you know when this issue is resolved. In this episode... One of your favorite podcast guests, Bi Married Mike, is back to share more of his naughty life. We start by delving a little more into the details that led up to his divorce, which ironically served as a sexy segue into him describing the first time he got fucked at a bathhouse. He shares what he does differently when he's with men versus women, what body parts and smells confirmed his bisexuality, and that's not all. He shares when and how he came out to his current wife, how she reacted, what it was like getting pegged by her and how it compared to a real penis, and how he told his wife and what her reaction was when he said that he would need to have sex with men during one of his, quote, bi cycles. He talks about why he likes sissy porn, trans porn, and popper training porn, and he shares what types of underwear he likes. And yes, as you would hope, we do have a playtime, and we videoed it. However, this playtime was so long, over an hour and a half, it couldn't possibly fit at the end of this episode. So, the actual playtime will have to be in part 3, and that episode will only be for patrons. But for this episode, first-tier patrons get it before everyone else. Everyone else will have to wait till Monday. If you want to join my Patreon, then click the link down in the show notes. Okay, so, before we get into it, so just tell me, um, give me a brief rundown to, like, remind me, how did your wife, how did your first wife take it, and how did it end, how did the uh, divorce end? Yeah, so, she didn't so I'm a, I'm a bottom with guys and right. mm-hmm. she didn't, she didn't want to picture me, uh, in any sort of submissive position to another right. guy. I think for her, right. that was tied up with, uh, a lack of masculinity supposedly, right. or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I told her at the time that I, uh, didn't think I would ever need to act on it. Uh, that was that was a, a promise I couldn't keep. Um, so a few years later, after you know having conversations about it, uh, like I asked her to peg me, and that's kind of where it came out that she didn't want to think of me like that. Um, mm. That it, that it grossed her out. So based off of that, that kind of shut down conversation about it. A few years later, I realized that I would need to experience it at least once before I died. Uh, told right. her that fra- phrased it in that way. And, uh, she did not take that very well. Um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe understandably, um, you know, I, and I, I quickly pulled it back and, um, you know, from that point on, we kind of went through some other stuff that some external stuff that we were dealing with. Um, uh, and that caused a lot of stress and, um, one day I, I just went out, I went to a bathhouse and, and cheated, um, started to give a guy a blowjob, realized what I was doing and, uh, stopped kind of in the middle of it and left, um, just felt extremely guilty, told her about it. And then, uh, she asked for a, for a separation and then later a divorce. So. Got you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a difficult situation to be in. And I used to be pretty, not pretty judgmental, but a little judgmental. And I've come to learn, I was just talking to, um, well, I've come to learn that 
you know, you're, it's very hard to suppress something that you've never got to, never gotten to experience. And now you're kind of locked in this sort of, you know, relationship and you want to make it work and you try your very best, but then, and, and uh, people need to know out there that not all bisexual men or women, um, cheat. Uh, they, they don't. And, you know, in your particular situation, first of all, you were honest with her and told her what you were interested in. And I, so I give you props for that. Um, and then I'm sure, like you said, relationships are complicated and, and we don't, I certainly don't know what those external, um, circumstances were, but I'm sure they played a part in your frustration and disconnect with her in that way, which probably fueled you're wanting to just get out and try it. I assume I'm assuming, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, part of it was part of the external circumstances, uh, were that, uh, she had an attraction to, uh, somebody else. And, and now looking back on it, I, I realize that that was the reason she proposed, uh, probably about eight months before we, before we separated, um, she proposed, uh, opening the relationship. And so we spent, uh, several months in, in therapy, uh, couples counseling, uh, talking about the boundaries, uh, that sort of thing. And so what, when she we, proposed it, were you not into it? Oh, I, I was very into it. And, um, so then, so what then the as, counseling is cause you guys were trying to establish boundaries before you did it. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to establish boundaries before we did it and, you know, go in with eyes open, uh, to the, to the whole thing. And, uh, we were also dealing with, uh, just some, some issues with, uh, fertility and, and how that, mm -hmm. you know, affected, um, attraction over the, over the years and affected self-esteem and, uh, that sort of stuff. So, um, that, played into it. I think, uh, both of us wanted to be heard as we were, uh, going into these, uh, negotiations basically about what the boundaries were. Um, mm -hmm. one of my boundaries was because I, I feel like kissing is, um, you know, more emotional, even, um, more of a, an emotional threat to a relationship than, um, you know, certain, uh, sex, sexual activities, certain mm -hmm. other sexual activities. Um, so I said, you know, I set that boundary. That's one example. Um, I also set the other boundary that, you know, it would be nobody that we, uh, nobody that we knew, no coworkers or friends. Um, mm -hmm. and I specifically said, you know, not this guy, uh, that she had worked with previously. That's right. Um, it was a guy she was where I was about to say, didn't she end up, ended up with the guy she was working with? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, uh, as far as I know, they're, they're together now. So, um, yeah, so that, you know, I, I realized that she had kind of had this, uh, emotional affair with this person for, for years. And, um, she'd been harboring the feelings for this guy during, you know, that whole time period. And, uh, by suggesting that, you know, she was going to open the relationship, you know, I just said, I said this guy specifically because she had told me previously that, um, he was the only guy, it, it was like pulling teeth, uh, for years, trying to get her to open up and communicate with me about her sexual fantasies. And she told me that the only fantasy that she had was being with this guy specifically. So to me, that seemed like a threat to our, an emotional threat to our relationship. And so that's why I specified 
this guy was going to be off limits. Yeah. And how long ago, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but how long did this go on between the time that she started confiding in him to when you proposed, when she proposed opening the relationship? Like, was it a span of weeks, months or what? Um, no, I mean, like it was, it was years probably that they were always, whenever there was a, um, a group event or group outing, Mm -hmm. uh, they would always wind up talking to one another in the corner. Um, and that got (sighs) to be more of a, more of a thing as, as time went on, he wound up divorcing his wife and, uh, you know, left, left her and, um, do you think there's a chance they were a lot of they were fucking all the time the whole time yeah i think i think that there's definitely a chance of that um but i i I don't know um she was always very holier than thou about um infidelity and um just said that she would said that she would never do that and then right about the time that she asked for the open relationship uh she you know i she was drunk one night out with her friends and, and I was there, um, just coming from another, another event. And, mm-hmm. um, she knew that I was there, but she was uh, pretty drunk. Uh, and I, you know, saw her, I get to see her making out with some other guy on the dance floor. So, um, what'd you do? Oh, I, I went up and, and broke that up. Um, you know, I'm sure the guy was drunk as well. I don't like, um, uh, fault him for making a move but right right, um, right, right, right. yeah but she was she was clearly drunk and um got you yeah and 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 it was you know i was i was pissed i was upset and you know went up and you know this is in front of uh all of our other a lot of our other friends too so i'm you know feeling very embarrassed at that point in time as well and yeah well and let me just over the next yeah i'm sorry go ahead and over the next what well, over, over the next like uh, day, days, weeks, uh, she just kind of brushed it under the rug. So that that didn't really sit sit super great with me. But. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's completely inappropriate for her to be talking to her male coworker about her sex fantasies, and then instead of her husband, you know, like that's that's that to me, unless he's gay. I mean, that that's that's not. That's not right. And then mm-hmm. I see some, I, I see some definite, uh, um, honestly, some definite, uh, uh, manipulation here because he wanted her to open up to you about her sexual fantasies. And it turns out the one that she wanted most was the one with him. They planned that, you know, anyway, let's, so, you know, I'm glad you got out of that. Well, just to, just to clarify, I was the one who was trying to get her to open up to me about sexual fantasies and her response after years of me asking you know what she's into trying to spice things up and her kind of stonewalling me and and just saying that she's embarrassed and doesn't want to talk about it you know i'm thinking that she's into uh bdsm or you know something some a specific sexual act uh, she then responded that she was into her only fantasy was being with this guy. So to me, okay, that's I thought why. You to- well, I thought you told me that like he was trying to get her to open up to you about her sexual fantasies and stuff. 
No, no, I apologize if I gave you that impression. Um, no, okay, that was gotcha. uh, that was me trying to get her to open up to me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because uh, I was like, that's some manipulation, uh, manipulative yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're out yeah. of that relationship. So how did you and your current wife meet? So we met, um, we met online, just online dating. And, um, you know, that was after a few months of, of me being essentially single and, and separated and, um, kind of exploring my bisexuality and having sex with guys and having sex with women. And, uh, so yeah, I met my, uh, my current, uh, lady, uh, on online dating and, uh, so wait a minute. I don't mean to. I don't mean off. to interrupt you, but I. I, I don't yeah. think we ever actually talked about your first time getting fucked, did we? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that we did. No. Yeah. Let's get into that. Um, yeah. And we'll talk. We'll talk very briefly about, like you know, getting to know your wife. Just because I'm not, I'm not on time. I got a time crunch. But it, but you have so many things sure. to share. Like I want you to come back for more. So, um. So okay. So. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the first time you're getting fucked. Who was it with? How old were you? How did it happen? Set it up for me. Sure. So, yeah, I was uh, early 30s. Um, you know, like I said, recently separated and uh, went to, and I'd had a, a few experiences at the bathhouse uh, before this. Um, but um, this time I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to make the, make the move and, and finally, you know, get my, get my cherry popped and, and get <laughs> fucked here. Um, and how, and so, how old are you again? Uh, I'm 35 right now. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So not that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Not that long ago. So, um, but it hasn't really, uh, stopped me since cause I got a good situation here. So, um, but yeah, uh, that was not that long ago. It was at the, it was at the bathhouse. Um, I, uh, kind of did my thing and I, uh, hooked up with a, a few guys walking around, um, you know, met some guys in the, in the spa area, um, gave some what jobs. Mean, well, what do you mean when you say you did your thing? Like you prepped, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I had prepped beforehand, but, um, okay. yeah, I had prepped beforehand and, uh, there, I mean, I, I guess I, you know, since we're talking about the first time that I got fucked, um, you know, I kind of wanted to skip forward to that, but the, uh, you know, I, I gave, uh, blowjobs there that, that time, um, uh, previously I'd given blowjobs as well. And, and I loved it. I loved sucking cock and I loved swallowing cum. So I knew that I, I confirmed my bisexuality, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just loved, loved cock and loved cum. Um, and then after that, uh, that day, then, uh, after I had hooked up with a couple guys, um, I was walking out of my room and, you know, decided that I was going to go find a guy and I was going to get fucked. And I saw this fucking sexy guy walking down the hallway, tall, he's taller than me. Um, I'm a pretty tall guy, but he was taller than me. And how, um, tall, do you, how he, tall are you? So I'm like six, five. Oh, damn. Yeah. I remember that. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six, four, six, five. Um, yeah. So this guy is taller than me and, um, he had his towel over his shoulder and just this huge cock between his legs. 
just super thick, uh, long. It was probably, it was probably six inches long, just soft hanging between his legs and, and pretty thick already. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I pulled, I made eye contact to him and, you know, kind of, uh, did the little brush by, uh, that you do when you're cruising and, um, just, I fondled him. I, I grabbed his, uh, grabbed his dick and, and grabbed his balls and started cupping those and uh, asked him if he wanted to come into my room. And he said, yeah. So he followed me into my room and I immediately dropped to my knees and, you know, I'd been kind of fondling him the, the walk over there. And so he'd gotten a little bit harder, but I got to take him into my mouth and uh, feel him get fully hard. He was probably, probably eight, nine inches. Um, he was big. He was very big. Um, and I love, I love big cocks. Um, I, I love all penis, but, uh, but big cocks, I've got a special place in my, in my heart and in my hole. So, well, well, well that was, well, and that being your first cock and it being huge, I mean, before then you didn't exactly know you liked big cocks, right? So, so tell me, so tell me about positions. Tell me how did it, how did okay? So describe to me mm-hmm. the first time you're getting fucked. Sensory stuff like okay, you feel pain or whatever. What kind of pain? If you've then what makes it feel good? What what's happening to you when he's fucking you? What is it that makes you feel good? Is it the stimulation of your prostate? Is it feeling stretched? Is it just knowing that there's a guy finally fucking you? I mean, like what is going through your mm-hmm. not just your mind? Really, I want to know what's going on in your body at, as this is happening and how he, and mm-hmm. how he was fucking you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, I, I had worked on myself a little bit with my toys beforehand and I had a, uh, a bigger toy, but not, not as big as him. Um, I knew that I, uh, liked big toys, uh, previous prior to that. So, you know, I, I didn't know that I could fit him. So I was a little nervous. Um, I, um, let's see, I, after uh, sucking him for a little bit and, you know, trying to take as much of him down my throat as I could, um, I got up on the bed. Uh, he uh, asked for a condom. There were condoms in the, in the room. Um, you know, I think back on it now and it just it would have been hot if he uh, came in my ass. Um, but he asked for a condom and I uh, grabbed one and, and put it on for him. Uh, helped him put it on. And, uh, then I, I grabbed my lube and, and I, uh, lubed, lubed my hole and got up on the bed on all fours. And, uh, he started to, uh, lube up his cock. I, I lubed up his cock as well. Um, and pointed him toward my hole and he, uh, started, uh, trying to press into my hole and, there was, there was resistance there. I was, I, I wasn't fully ready. I was, it was uh, painful because I was resisting and, you know, it was painful around my hole. And, um, you know, I'd been pretty experienced with toys for many years at this point. So I knew that, um, I was just, it was, it was a relaxation thing for me. Uh, so we actually, we switched positions. I got on my back because I wanted to, to see, uh, him as he, 
entered me. I wanted to have a little bit of a better view of his cock as it got closer to my hole. And so as I'm, uh, as I flipped around and got on my back and spread my legs in the air, I just felt like such a slut. I, I loved it. And so I was just super turned on at this point. And, um, he, I, I think he started in again, started in again on my hole and I just felt him, uh, slowly stretch me out. And I was worried because when I had graduated to bigger toys uh, in the past and, and toys can be very expensive, uh, especially if you, um, if you want to get the the good stuff, the, mm-hmm. the dual density silicone and, and all that stuff, um, for years, yeah, for years I had been, um, you know, hiding some of that, uh, some of my toy collection from my, uh, from my ex, um, mm-hmm. and had stopped after a while, but I still didn't have a whole lot of dispensable income that? at that point to buy the just uh, you know we had uh sex toy boxes um like you know shoe boxes and things under the bed and um it, it just i never showed them to her they were i'm sure she knew that they were there but i was like um, how is it? it's crazy to me that she would never look under the bed for anything so but go ahead yeah no no she had her own stuff too and um it's just yeah i never really brought that up to her so uh gotcha, but man. given given my experience was with the lower quality toys. Um, I was used to toys that, you know, were harder, that felt more like, like plastic. And, um, so I was kind of expecting that with, with this guy and his huge dick. And I felt relief that it was completely different. It was soft and and spongy on the outside, you know, while, while firm in the middle, um, you know, I've since graduated to to better quality toys, and uh, you know there are some that imitated a little bit, but nothing can replace the feeling of a of a real cock in your hole. So that was um, I mean that was the my first time you feel like a man's man's flesh inside you and feeling warm, and you can feel the pulse. So so mm-hmm. describe the pleasurable mm-hmm. sensation. What were you feeling? Feeling tingling, numbness, warmth? Where were you feeling it all over your body? Take me back there take us back there. So I was, I was feeling warmth all over my body. I was feeling just a feeling of fullness as he stretched me open. Uh, I was feeling my head was tingling. I, as he started to stretch me open, I, and this is even before he, before I, I hit my, my poppers, but my head was definitely tingling because I was just so mentally turned on. I just felt like such a huge slut. Um, it felt fucking incredible. Uh, my hole was my primary sexual organ right then. And just focusing on the feeling of fullness and the feeling of being stretched out was, uh, was really, really pleasurable. Yeah. So it wasn't like a prostate thing. It was just about being full and stretched and all that. Right. Yeah. And I, I think we kind of covered where we touched on that a little bit, 
yeah with our, our first interview but yeah my right for me uh anal sex is for stretching my hole i don't really you know i've i've had prostate orgasms before i've milked myself but um it's not as pleasurable to me as as stretching my hole uh, with girthy toys and girthy cocks mm -hmm. and uh big long dicks as well you know i, I like i like them all but um nice. yeah that's 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 what i love the most is that feeling of being full and stretched out got you okay so with your wife so um you met her online and everything now when you first got together did she you know did you straight up tell her you were a buyer and did you when did you when did you tell her that or when did she find out yeah yeah i t i told her on one of our first dates um just because that was part of my story and you know i was coming to terms with uh with that and you know i'd already come out to a lot of friends in the past but um i this is my first time dating as a bisexual person and uh so so i was very i decided that i was going to do things you know uh, differently this time i didn't really have the full opportunity to do that uh the last time because uh, mm -hmm. i didn't have that information so i decided that I, you know i was going to be fully upfront about my bisexuality and, and told her um you know that was also a big reason why my uh why my marriage ended and so i think that that was relevant information for her to know um and it's and it's great when you don't have the secrets like you you know you used to it's a liberating thing wouldn't you say oh absolutely absolutely it was a huge weight off my shoulders to i was ecstatic to know that there was somebody who wasn't going to reject me for being by um who i didn't have to hide my true self around mm -hmm. so did at what point did you guys discuss being open to where you could indulge your fantasies every now and then sure the first one of the first things that i told her uh when we started dating within the first uh couple weeks was that i wasn't sure whether i uh, would need to have sex with men again in the future and that was that was just the um the the status quo there for about eight months but we didn't we never really discussed it uh we got into um she pegged me um for you know that was my first time ever getting pegged and it was good but it you know it's not the same as as a man who has the equipment and, and was born with it and knows what he's doing and and um you know it's just not not the same experience so um after a couple really strong buy cycles where I, I i cycled strongly toward men um you know periodically uh after a couple really strong buy cycles um i realized that i would need to fuck fuck guys again in the future and um so I told her that, and so this is about eight months into our relationship. I told her that and, um, told her I was fully, um, I was fully, fully expected her to break up with me then and there, but she said that she was okay with that and that we could work something out. So then we, we did our own couples counseling for about, um, uh, about four months or so just um a couple times a month we would 
talk with uh, this couples counselor about um, we had communication issues to to work on as well and um, so it was it was good really productive she gave me the the go ahead to uh, fuck guys once every few months and um, help me experience that that side of myself that's very gracious of her i mean so yep. my question is like is she is she bi or is she straight no she's straight okay and it and it the and it doesn't turn her on knowing that you've been with guys right it it doesn't um i think she doesn't um she doesn't watch porn um she she's not the most outwardly i mean she wants uh she has a high sex drive in terms of getting sex regularly but she does mm-hmm. she doesn't go out and seek out um uh, yeah erotica or or you know any any porn that would get her off so she's not uh, it, it's not like you know some straight women are turned on by watching gay porn she's not um that sort of person but she's also not like i think it intrigues her but i think she's much more worried about the emotional side of things i think that that would be um something that she is wary of is you know maybe watching me with a guy she's indicated that she might be open to it in the past but i think she's mostly worried about that not that she would be grossed out or anything but that she would be jealous so i think that that's currently what's holding her back and i would assume that women are off limits right yeah yeah women are off limits for me so i've given her the option if she wanted to uh you know she joking with friends uh you know have a lot of uh couple friends and and we'll joke about the woman in in the couple uh oftentimes will be by or have you know at least be open to the idea and my girlfriend is not um so we kind of give her a hard time about um not liking pussy and and uh there you go, how she's pussy again. she's you missing out and... <laughs> yeah but i mean i gotta it's it's a huge part of my life is is my love of pussy so uh oh, there you go you know, stop just... it mm. <laughs> mm. well let me tell you something um so sure. first of all you have your wife is uh I think any bi man who is not monogamous, I repeat, who is not monogamous, I think that is you have, you're living the dream, my friend. You don't have to worry about her, at least not right now, being interested in any men or women outside. And yet she's giving you the option. I mean, that's, that's not every bi man's dream. A lot are just monogamous, but yeah. that is fucking yeah. amazing. Now, one thing I would do want to ask yeah, you, this is I'm a, a be, really lucky guy. Yes, you are. Um, I'm going to ask you real quick because um, we're going to have to do a part three. <laughs> um, and yes, I will read some of your stories. So you, you wrote to me that you're into sissy hypno porn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. have you, have you ever dressed like a sissy? Yeah. I mean, I've uh, not like full, full on dressed up. I mean, I've tried uh, my uh, ex, ex-wife's uh bra and panties on and uh tried on um uh, 
like fishnet stockings before. Um, yeah, why don't you explain what that is for the people listening who don't know? Yeah, like so sissy porn, train sissy training, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a, a lot of it man. is. Yeah, it, it is kind of a lifestyle. A lot of it is, um, you know, I, I suspect that a lot of it is uh, directed at uh, quote unquote straight guys or uh, even by guys who who might be a little bit more in touch with their uh, sexuality and and able to accept that. Uh, but it's it, it's kind of transgressive in that it uh, has a lot of trans performers often, or there'll be uh, women who engage in uh, female domination or like uh, trying to think of different variations on this theme that kind of leads into it. Uh, that uh, another way that it is presented is like videos that are like come eating instructions where you have a, a straight woman who is uh, talking down to a guy humiliating him about how much he loves dick and how much he wants to suck dick uh, so that's that's kind of one area of it so, so it's almost no like porn. It, it's almost like cross-dressing uh cucking it's together but uh but go ahead um, yeah sissy, sissy yeah porn. yeah it is yeah, so sissy, sissy hypno porn a lot of the time will be um, set to music. Um, like in the straight, uh, the straight world, a lot of it is um, you can search for porn music videos, and a lot of it is uh, cut up clips that you know you probably shouldn't watch sissy hypno porn or or even uh, PMVs uh, straight porn music videos. If you have epilepsy, for example, because there's going to be a lot of like flashing images, a lot of uh, captions uh, telling you that you need cock, you want cock, um, yeah. that sort of thing. So does, um, that hypno, you know, does the hypno porn have, a, have an effect on you in that way? In the way of yeah, like, you uh, know, kind of drawing you in and convincing you to you know get into it? Because I've seen popper bait videos as well, like, and it's similar to that. So, what, I mean, is that what you... Mm-hmm. Do you go into like a trance or is it just something you just kind of enjoy watching? Yeah. Well, I, I discovered poppers years ago, kind of after I started watching sissy hypno porn and, and that is very much, it, it helps to kind of get you super focused on whatever's happening in the video. Um, and yeah, it did kind of lead me to poppers training porn and discovering that and i i love that um now when i'm most of the time when i watch uh trans porn um with male to female uh trans individuals trans women um a lot of the time i'm feeling more in in a in a topping mode rather than trying to put myself in the mode or in the mindset of the uh, of the bottom of the of the trans person, whereas oh, when I first, yeah, when I first kind of started uh, getting into sissy hypno porn, it was putting myself in the position of the trans person uh, who was taking all that dick. Right. But as I discovered Popper's training porn, which is uh, more just solely male on male, 
I mm-hmm. kind of gravitated my, my bottom side kind of gravitated to that just because it's, there's a lot more focus on just the masculinity of both, uh, yeah. you know, both people and you don't have to like get into a weird, like mind fuck, I guess. Yeah. So let me ask you really quick. Um, and like I said, we are going to pick this up because there's a whole racial component. Like I've, I've re- done research on this whole thing. There's a whole racial component to that as well. Uh, I'm sure you may know mm-hmm. of, if you, if you know about the genre, you know, um, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I've seen like the, the little white sissy and the, you know, the black God or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just some, I'm, it's very fascinating. So, but for you, you mm-hmm. like wearing panties. Does it make you feel like a slut? You know, it, um, it made me feel like a slut at the time. Um, but it wasn't something that I really like. None of it fit me. <laughs> and so, you know, it's not something that so I you need to buy your own then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. But, so yeah. what I do, uh, you know, I am into, you know, male underwear. So jock straps and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, thongs that, you know, have a pouch for my cock and, oh, yeah. um, you know, that sort of stuff. Nice. Well, we're going to leave it here for now. We are going to uh, get our playtime on soon. Um, and then we'll do uh, the rest of this episode. You have so many more stories to tell. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'd love to read them, but I'd also love to hear about them from you. And, uh, yeah. So, um, guys, stay tuned for part three. I hope you found that stimulating. If you have a hot, sexy story, fantasy, or confession you'd like to share, then go ahead and shoot and shoot me an email at naughtyaudioformen at gmail.com, giving me a short synopsis. And I'd love to have you on the show. Also, guys, I'm close to getting 10,000 followers on Twitter, so come find me there and follow me. You get a chance to see some of the things that turn me on, and you might find yourself in a bait space with me. So follow me on Twitter, at audioformen. And leave a rating and review on your streaming platform. You could also listen to episodes on Reddit and leave comments. And if you want to leave feedback about the podcast in general, call the Naughty Audio for Men Anonymous Feedback Hotline at 908-954-5888. It's not a line to call and talk to me. But please leave a voicemail sharing what you love about the podcast, your favorite episode, your favorite content, and what you'd like to hear more of. And feel free to leave an orgasm. You can find all this information down in the show notes. Thanks, guys, and happy jacking.